Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Welcome back after the break. As you heard before the break, Manly coach Des Hasler has apologised for a significant mistake made by the Sea Eagles amid its pride jersey controversy. A man that's right across it is SEN in Sydney, of course, does the 9 to 12 shift. He is a Manly supporter, and I'd be very interested to see what his take is on this, uh, his boyhood club. Uh, Certainly headline material at the moment, uh, and it's amazing what's happened in the NRL over the last two or three days. Matt White, thanks for your time. Morning, Pete. Uh, My pleasure. Ah, Gee whiz. Well, Desi Hasler, who was a fair player, a very respected coach. I've heard and we did hear some of the audio from the press conference. He apologised to everybody. But first, let's go back. How did this transpire? We know there were seven players that refused to play for Manly on the weekend. Can you give us a bit of background on it all? Well, how it transpired is exactly the reason why Des Hasler ended up having to make this apology. And that's that's the crux of the matter. Obviously, the issue at hand is an emotive one, and we can dive into that as well. And there are seven players who've decided not to play. But what really occurred here, and look, this all started over the last couple of days when Manly announced that they were going to do this pride jumper Um, this weekend. It got great reviews. As soon as it came out, everybody said, what a great idea, because it was floated in the paper first. However, what transpired between that announcement and what we've seen today is the realisation that the club didn't, um, didn't, wasn't consulting really anyone within its own personnel internally or externally for that matter, in regards to using this jumper. And that is what's caused the problem. I said on my program this morning as we were trying to work it out, we obviously got answers from Des. I said, it appears as though this is all good intention stuff that's been horribly executed. And that's exactly what's happened. Now, we don't know. We still don't know who was behind this decision. But the the coach and playing staff weren't put across this. The fact that, um, you know, you should be able to know right now that within the NRL, there is a Pacifica base of players that is around the 50% mark. So half of the players in the league at the moment of Polynesian heritage um, are are mostly quite religious. They hold um, very strong cultural beliefs. And a lot of these clubs know that, deal with it, and assess that before they make any decision, whether it's a jersey or what they're going to eat before before the game. Mm, So mm. the fact that the, uh, the Manly Seagulls didn't do any of that whatsoever and then went out and floated it, shows that it's just horrible mismanagement from what should be a professional club. And the coaching captain have had to wear it today. Seven players won't be playing on Thursday night for a crunch game. And in the act of trying to be inclusive and embracing diversity, they've been divisive and ended up excluding a whole heap of people and having, as you just well said, mate, apologise to the world for it. Extraordinary scenes. I've never seen anything like it, Pete, in the last... I mean, the last 48 hours in rugby league's been upside down and off the charts, um, you know, on a rugby league scale. But what I saw today from Des Hasler was was quite bizarre, quite bewildering, very, very emotive, very strong, and a very big statement. And the absolute mea culpa that they got this whole issue wrong from the start. They didn't think it through. So saying that, so the seven players will not play on Thursday. Is that set in stone? And saying that, 
Had they consulted the players and not made the mistake before just jumping into it uh, for the match on Thursday, do you reckon they would have reconsidered if they got some feedback from the players that have been in question now? Perhaps, and we'll we'll never really know that. But it was very, very clear that they had to fast-track a meeting between the players and the club, which was meant to happen today. They fast-tracked that to last night, where obviously they've sat down with these seven players who have said... We will not be doing that on our based on our religious and cultural beliefs. So none of those discussions had obviously taken place whatsoever. And I guess the question then is, would there have been discussions around um, do we do we play as a club in this jumper and you guys can sit it out and we respect that decision? Um, do we just not play in the jumper until we can come to an overall agreement? Do we have a broader discussion around this first? and then take it that way. It appears as though they've grabbed themselves an opportunity to get a good photo in the paper and try and make some good headlines with the right intentions. And I've got to make that point clear. This this club in particular and the way that Des Hasler spoke today shows you that they came into what whoever was trying to do this had the right intentions. However, they didn't think it through to the point where they're now left without seven players and they've got an almighty headache on their hands as to how they continue to deal with this. Had they had that discussion before, the outcome might have been different. Mm, certainly it's going to cause a lot of interest on Thursday. You'd think that Manly would be up against it now. I think they sit in ninth position. They've got Roosters, Eels, Titans, Sharks, Raiders and Bulldogs to close out the season. This could basically sink any finals chances they had. Absolutely it could. I mean, they're, they're scrambling to, to come up with a team for Thursday's match. And, and all this has happened in quite a hurry if you if you try and piece the dots together, there will there will be somebody at that club who, who I would suggest won't be there um, very, very quickly because there's somebody at that club who's tried to make this decision ad hoc um, and it's had a massive, massive effect and, and quite an emotional effect across the playing group itself, across the fan base. I mean, the response on my show this morning was extraordinary, Pete. I, you know, and you're trying to cover all sides of this debate. Um, and I don't think we really got to a resolution at all because we didn't know the facts of it. However, if, if you think about it going forward, now what happens? There are seven players there who are going to be sitting out a match where the club has continued to say now that we're going to wear that jersey and we're going to pick 17 players who will wear that jersey and therefore go along with what the club's values are in this area. They're not backing away from that. But they now know that they've got seven players there who don't share the values of the club when it comes to these issues or don't want to back the values of the club because of their beliefs. I don't know what happens going forward with that. The week after, those seven players come back in and then represent the club again, knowing full well when they've said that something the club stands for, we can't back. I mean, I just don't know how that one's going to unfold. So there's a huge problem just on Thursday when they've got to play the Roosters and mm. try and keep their season alive. But there's probably a bigger problem going forward when when all the dust starts to settle on the arguments around all the, this and the reality comes down to how does the club manage this one going forward. Yep. And just while we've got you, and we appreciate your time very much indeed, a couple of the other issues. Uh, the NRL has admitted the video referee, Ashley Klein, he blundered in Sunday's match-changing decision that was very much that against the West Tigers. Uh, take us through that process in the game against uh, the North Queensland Cowboys and what's been the ramifications in what's been already a turbulent week for the NRL. 
Well, I'll tell you the ramifications, mate. I almost ended up having to go to Harvey Norman on Sunday night and getting myself a new TV because I was shouting and screaming about the only thing I did. And I'm not a West Tigers or a North Queensland fan, but I, I, I was just blown away by what, what was happening in front of me. And to my mind, there's no doubt, no question at all that the West Tigers won that match and should have got the two competition points. And the NRL has come out and said there were, there were two parts of how it unfolded at the end. There was a race down of the clock, which was um, which was ticking away furiously. Then there was a kickoff, which went to the West Tigers. The Tigers caught the ball. That should have been it. Game over. However, with the captain's challenge in rugby league now, once there's a stoppage in play, a captain can challenge um, something around that play that then is referred up to the bunker. So this is the critical part. There was a captain's challenge for a whole stack of reasons that I won't bore your listeners with that you can pick apart as to whether it was valid to be made, both on the clock, was there a stoppage of play, had the game actually been called, the referee blew a whistle, but apparently it wasn't the final whistle, it was a short whistle, never heard of that before, and that allowed North Queensland to have a captain's challenge. So that, to my mind, even though the NRL says we got that right, they got that wrong in my opinion, which then led the bunker to become involved they went back and had a look, which is what's called an escort play, where one of the uh, attacking uh, attacking footy players ran into one of the defending footy players off the ball, and Ashley Klein made that decision that that deserved a penalty, which everybody knew was wrong, and the NRL confirmed that yesterday. So mm. the NRL is, the NRL have gone fifty fifty on this one, mate. They've gone well. Look, we 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 agree it wasn't a penalty, but we think that the captain's call and captain's challenge, etc., was right. I think they got both of those wrong and there's now a big groundswell for the West Tigers to somehow get those two competition points instead of North Queensland. So I'll tell you, there are are wildfires raging around rugby league at every turn. Yeah, it makes it certainly a good fodder for people like you and me. And finally, before you let you go, Matt, we appreciate your time. Kevin Proctor, sacked and fined $15,000 the Titans stay. He was a former skipper. And he posted this on social media. And, of course, uh, he broke Australian stadium laws for using an e-cigarette. You're just not allowed to do it inside the stadium. What was in his head to do something like that? (laughs) What was in the vape is probably more the question because that might answer what was was in his head. I mean, it's just dumb with a capital D. And this guy's meant to be a leader of a club that's struggling. So he was on the way out anyway. Perhaps he just wanted to fast-forward his exit because if he did... He went about it the right way. But, I mean, it's it's stupidity that you just cannot get a grip on to do it in the first place, to post it on social media. <laughs> Hello, he should have just... He should have just packed his bags and walked straight out of there and said goodbye to the club himself instead of waiting for them to come and get him. But, yeah, a- a- absolute stupidity. Yeah. Good on you, Matt. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, great show that you put together there in Sydney, 9 to 12 on SEN. And thanks for bringing us up to date with what has been an interesting two or three days <laughs> in uh, rugby league. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Good on you, Matt White. Thanks for joining us on the program. All right, we're going to change tack. We're going to actually pay tribute to one of the real pioneers slash icons of West Australian and Australian cricket. Uh, Overnight, Laurie Saul passed away at the age of 96. A man that had a lot to do with him was enduring WA Sheffield Shield captain in John Inverarity. I'll speak to Invers next here on Drive with Peter Vlahos.